If you want 2024 to be your best running year, it is essential you have a customized training plan tailored to your race schedule and ability level. That's why I'm pumped to have Motive sponsoring the podcast. You can use the app for free, but if you want two months of premium access, you can use code SMARTER2. Sign up at mymotive.com. The link will be in the show notes. On today's episode, we have Alexandra Ellis on Healthy Habits. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Alexandra is the host of the Body Nerd Show. I have appeared on her podcast um, a couple of times now. Um, the last, most recent was to promote the book, but we talked about some really interesting stuff. And then after our conversation, uh, we got into the topic or the suggested topic of habits. And I said, yeah, let's go onto the podcast and let's talk about habits. And so as you'll quickly know, Alexandra is very, very passionate about this topic as she is with most things to do with the body and performance and mobility and recovery and all those elements. So um, yeah, we talk about breaking habits, forming habits, um, habits that aren't serving us, habits that do serve us and the components to sort of set you up for performance, for injury, for rehab, all those sorts of things. Uh, You're going to love it. So let's take it away. Alexandra, welcome to the Run Smarter podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me today. You're very welcome. I'm glad to have you on. The um, The topic about habits is something I've been wanting to do, so I'm interested to dive in. But before we do, um, would you like to introduce people to you, who you are, sort of what, where your career is sort of navigated towards today? Yeah, well, I'm a huge body nerd, and I guess I've always been a nerd. Um, and anatomy and the body and mobility and helping people to just move better and feel better has been such an awesome outlet for this nerdiness. <laughs> um, so I have a podcast called The Body Nerd Show where uh, similarly similarly to you, right, we have questions and ideas and, um, you know, like how to understand the body better so that people can just make better choices about how they're training and how they're moving and how they're working on their injury so that they can, you know, say goodbye to pain. Um, and my background is um, as just like a lifetime I don't want to say athlete because it was never anything super serious, but like I've dabbled in running and did the races because, you know, there's cool swag at the end of them. And so I was there for the chocolate. I'm not going to lie. Um, and of course, 
got injured, right, from running and training and not knowing how to move in a way that's not only mechanically efficient, but also in a way that would keep my body safe. And this is even with a degree in exercise biology, because we were studying, you know, anatomy and physiology and biomechanics, and then you just regurgitate it for the test. But to realize like, oh, wait a minute, like I am the cheat sheet. And this applies to my body as well, took a few injuries to figure out. (laughs) And Mm. so once I was able to just really like take better care of my body so that I could keep doing the things I wanted to do. I didn't want to give up training um, because my shoulders were unstable and I didn't want to, you know, stop doing any of those things. And so mobility has been a way to just keep things moving forward on my own, um, on my own agenda. So I do the podcast. I coach people virtually. Um, I spend a lot of time here in this office that over in the last couple of years has turned into a, you know, virtual studio as well. Um, but it's really the most rewarding thing to be able to connect with people all over the world even too. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, talk about your injuries in the past. Have there been any common or some injuries that have like been the most frustrating? All of the above. Um, I am hypermobile. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, joint laxity and like overstretching um, has never been a problem for me. But Mm -hmm. that instability also has brought about so many fun, 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 fun things. So the first like, you know, the first injury that really like stopped me in my tracks where I was like, "Ooh, I got to do something about this uh, was in college. I was working as a student athletic trainer. So we're working with the athletic teams and providing support for practices and games and stuff like that. And um, the summer in Davis, where I went to university here in California, is hot, very, very, very hot. So we'd make these ice buckets for the football players to cool down in. And I'm a short person. I'm like just over five feet tall, Um, huge trash can filled to the brim with ice water. And I went to push it over and did like the push and twist and bend all at the same time. Um, I also was, what was I? I think like 19 at the time. So instant pain. Um, But then I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll just put some ice on it. It'll be fine. Instant pain where? In my lower back. Right. It instantly seized up, like probably QL or something like that. But I I mean, and those are the types of injuries too. Like the bad pain, it's not something that just kind of like creeped up, right? It's like instantly like, ooh, that was not, not great. Um, So I slapped some ice on it and then I ignored it as (laughs) so many of us do. And then about like two weeks later, um, I started waking up with um, like numbness and tingling on the outside of my leg. And I knew enough from my studies that that was not great, (laughs) that there was probably some nerve stuff going on. So I dragged my butt up to PT um, and started working with a physiotherapist and was incredibly disappointed with that experience because I didn't feel like I was being seen as a person because, again, I'm like 19. I'm super active. I'm riding a bike to and from campus all the time. Um, And they had me doing, you know, I can't think of the the exact name, but you lay on your stomach and just do like traction spinal extension, you know, almost like cobra Mm -hmm. pose and yoga. And I was like, I am not 95 years old. Could you please give me something a little bit more? Um, just that felt like more effective. So honestly, like that whole experience and having to advocate for myself with the physiotherapist, um, realizing once physical therapy was done that like, you're never really done. I remember she said like, okay, well just like work on core strength now. And I was like, "Mm, 
okay. <laughs> like, okay. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, and that's what got me started into yoga, which as a hypermobile person was the last place I needed to be to do more stretching. Um, so I'd say probably, yeah, lower back was really, um, kind of like the impetus for what I do now. Um, and then another note, a notable injury, um, was I subluxed both of my biceps tendon and my shoulders. So wow. I was doing bicep curls in like a boot camp kind of class. Like this was before, again, I started getting into coaching. Um, and so we did bicep curls and then into like a bench press. And, um, you know, no talk of form and you're going as fast as you can, you know, I like, I know everyone can like picture this type of workout, you know? Um, and I heard a huge thunk and I was like, mm, that's probably not great. Finished out the workout, modified a little bit, didn't really think anything of it. And then I got in the car the next morning to drive to work. And I was working in a physiotherapist's office as um, an assistant at the time. Um, and I couldn't get my coffee cup out of the center console because of the stabbing sharp pain at the front of my shoulder. And I was just like, uh-oh. Again, <laughs> I worked in a physiotherapy clinic and, and didn't even think to like talk to them until I was like, oh, this is like not getting any better. And so that also got me thinking about, I did go end up to see a physical therapist um, and she taught and was like, you know, you need to work on shoulder stability because your shoulders are clicking and making all of these noises. And this is probably what happened. Um, and so then it was like, oh, stability, what a novel idea. And so a lot of the work that I do now is with people who do have some sort of hypermobility or joint laxity, um, who, when other people say, oh, you just need to stretch and stretching isn't really helpful for them of how to find your better positions and then create stability there. And so learning about my shoulders and all the ways in which they can move, um, was another, like, you think of like a pinball game where you're like completely changed your trajectory. That was like another one for me, but that's just a few. We could mm. go on for hours and all the ways <laughs> that I've hurt myself. <laughs> I've got more questions written down here rather than just all the injuries that you have. But yeah. yes, for those who aren't familiar, so you're saying um, hypermobility, which just means, which is the opposite to hypomobility, which would be less mobility. So you actually have um, more than the other person, just like more movements in your joints, they're more lax, they're more flexible in your joints than others. And so mm -hmm. stretching is the last thing, like you say, you need and actually strengthening all the, the tendons and muscles around it to provide some stability was actually what you're after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I can, you know, touch my palms fully to the ground first thing out of bed in the morning. Um, my knees can hyperextend. My elbows can hyperextend. I've sprained my SI joints, all kinds of things where you're like, oh, other people don't have that experience. I had no idea mm -hmm. until I started talking to more and more people. Yeah. All right. Um, what got you interested into habits? Because I know I appeared on your podcast as a guest and um, we sort of rattled off some ideas and you said, if you want to talk about habits, um, I'd love to come on the show and um, yeah, it was very interesting. So what, what got you interested in that? Yeah. Well, as I'm sure you've experienced as well, you work with people and you're like, cool, here's all of the ways and all of the exercises and all of the things that I know are going to help you, if not feel better right away, at least get you in a direction that can then allow us to make that next best decision. Um, and they didn't do it. <laughs> like nobody was compliant with their homework. It was either like too overwhelming or they're just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so as I started to like peel things back and just try to figure out, well, why is this not working? 
um, that was the recurring theme. It's like, it's not about what I'm asking you to do or even what you're asking of yourself, but how to make the actual process of doing it easier. And as an overachiever perfectionist myself, again, tell me what to do and I'll absolutely do it. I'm going to go full out for like two weeks and then I'm going to burn out. I'm going to do nothing. And then I'm going to just, you know, start piling on myself like, oh my gosh, like you're so terrible. Like, (laughs) you know, you should be better at this. And so as I started to think about how can I help my clients with being more compliant, um, realizing as well, the types of things that I have done to be uh, more consistent with my own fitness, to be um, more consistent, like to build a business. Like if you asked my mom when I was like 11, if I was going to be able to like be self-sufficient enough to like run a business, she would have like laughed in your face. Um, And so now I'm even just like looking at my desk, like the things, it's not organized, but to be disciplined enough to show up and do the things that you want to do every day because you have a goal to get to, whether that's a race or um, again, like something business or whatever, like you have to do the little steps along the way. And that's where better habits that were easier to do became so, so important. Okay. Uh, And I guess diving into some helpful tips, if people are struggling to find or build a new habit. Um, I had written down as a bit of an example, if someone's a new runner and they want to be more consistent with their running, um, what uh, what's the groundwork that they need to do? What's the plan and the process to make that habit easier? I think we often get trapped thinking of just like the big thing, like I want to run more. And there's a bunch of steps to get there that thinking of those would ultimately get you to the goal of running more, um, but are almost more easily attainable. So super, super, super simple things. Whenever you're thinking of habits, like I always just want you to ask yourself, what would this look like if it were easy? And so whatever it is, figuring that out for yourself. So with, you know, running more, um, are you the type of person who, um, you know, when are you going to do it, right? That's the first thing. Are you going to run in the morning before you get the kids off to school, before you go to work? Are you a lunchtime kind of person? Are you an evening type of person? Um, I also really like to pick out my clothes and set my clothes out the night before, which seems so simple, right? But to be able to get out of bed, see all your stuff there and just put it on and not have to pick like what shorts you're wearing or what shirt, that's one less decision you have to make, right? That's one less thing between you and actually getting out the door to go run. That'll make it that much easier. So I think, you know, kind of thinking through like, what would this look like if it were easy? Um, and setting yourself up for success in that way. Um, And also the other thing too about having your clothes set up, it's one, like it's a trigger, right? I get up, oh, I see the clothes there. Oh yeah, last night I decided I was gonna go do my workout. So let's just do it, right? Let's just like go through with it. So having it be super easy, having something out that makes you think of the thing. Cause I know oftentimes um, for some of my clients are like, Oh, you know what? I just, I totally forgot. Right. We get into our daily routine into all of the responsibilities and stuff we have. And then it's 10 30 at night. And you're like, I'm not going to go out and go on a jog right now for some people. Again, that might be their prime time. That's totally cool. Um, for me, not my prime time. I'm like, I'm in bed. Um, so 
keeping it super simple, making sure you have also a trigger, something that you're going to see that's going to remind you to do that thing, whether that's, you know, your shoes by the door rather than stuffed into the back of your closet, your clothes out so you don't have to think about it, or even taking your clothes with you to work if you decide that you're like an afternoon type of worker outer. Um, The other thing too I want to add to this as, again, as an overachiever um, is Oftentimes the goal isn't just, I want to run more. Um, Cause this is what I did. I'm going to run a half marathon in two months, right? From like zero to half marathon. Um, and I'm sure that's possible. Um, and uh, I did do it. I would not recommend it. My IT band had lots of other things to say about that, but keep it super, super simple, right? I want to run more. Okay, cool. What does that actually look like? Does that mean that I'm going to start out with you know, and I'm sure you talk about training plans all the time, five minutes a day, or even just, you know, a run walk combination or something like you don't, excuse me, you don't have to start out running a full marathon the first time you start running. So keeping it super simple, keeping it super easy, and then having things in your space, whether that's a physical thing like your clothes or the equipment you need, um, or even like a reminder on your phone, or even like an, um, an appointment reminder in your calendar. Like we often think that, oh, it's so simple. Like what's that actually going to matter? But to remember. You aren't a template. So your training shouldn't be either. The Motive app takes training plans written by the best coaches in the world, then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. It's such a good idea, which is why it is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world and has thousands of age group athletes signing up every month with a near perfect 4.9 star rating. It will even plan triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, and other events if you're branching away from running races. You can use the app for free for as long as you want, with the premium access being just $19.99 per month. But if you use code SMARTER2, you can get two months of full premium access. Sign up through their website, mymotive.com, and make 2024 your best year yet. Those little things can make a huge, huge difference. Hmm. So it's essentially like a couple of those key takeaways. You're reducing the friction between you and the thing. So Mm -hmm. you're laying things out, you're planning things, you're setting things up so that there's, and also like making that, that goal like a a bit smaller or more attainable so that there's as little friction as possible to at least start that habit. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also sort of mentioned like um, triggers, reminders, all that sort of stuff is also pretty helpful. It it made me think um, for a future YouTube video that I'm about to do, um, I've just finished foam rolling every day for 30 days to see Ooh. what differences has. I know you love your foam rollers, um, <laughs> but when I first started, I'm like, okay, I need to foam roll every day. And sometimes I'd forget. And I'm like, damn, I forgot to do it that day. <laughs> and so once I recognized that I started leaving my foam roller in the most inconvenient places that like I would pass every single day. And so I, that it, it became a lot more consistent just because of the reminder it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the other thing that I thought of was when I'm with clients, not necessarily now, but when I used to work in clinics and I used to give people like TheraBand exercises, like really basic sort of stuff. Um, and I'd recognize like as soon as they start getting better, 
their compliance would just fall off. And yep. it's, it's almost like, okay, if you have a sore shoulder, you're reminded of that sore shoulder every day because like the pain's there all the time. But also when they get better, sometimes there's not the pain there. So there's not the reminder to do that exercise. And so they just forget to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably when they need to progress and actually, you know, continue doing those exercises so it doesn't relapse. But again, the reminder isn't there. So that's when I try and say, let's put your TheraBand or let's put your weights like on your door handle or, you know, somewhere in the house that you might trip over as you've come across it. And you're like, oh, I need to do my exercises. And so sometimes it might be a, a priority thing as well. Like if yeah. they're in less pain, it's like, well, it's not that important anymore. There's not that that um, that urgency. And I think that's a lot of times why runners, when they get injured, they don't get assessed or go get it treated straight away. They run through it until that injury is so bad that they can't run. Then they're booking in tomorrow because, again, that uh, level of urgency is or level of importance just goes from a, no, I can put up with it to through the roof being like, I need to get better back running tomorrow. So let's book in ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it's to do with, I guess, um, the emotions and the personalities and that whole psychological drive side of things. So yeah. sometimes that can be quite challenging. Sometimes, you know, it's not just as simple as here are the steps, do the steps because mm-hmm. we're battling sort of human personalities and um, <laughs> your brain, psych- your brain. It's And sometimes mm-hmm. it's tough because we go away from pain. We go towards pleasure. We get distracted. We, we do all those sorts of things. So um, would the process be the same for different types of goals? So if someone is injured compared to if someone wants to run a faster 5k compared to if someone just wants to start running, um, would we treat that process differently or are we still just following the same guidelines and the same steps? Yeah. Well, I think to your point too, pain is a great motivator and how often do, you know, we get hurt. So we start a program, foam rolling, whatever, and you do it and then you're like, oh, I feel better. And then you stop and then you keep running and then it comes back and then you're just like stuck in this cycle. Um, Mm. So yes, finding a way to make it be like a regular habit is so important and really boring. Like I'm also going to acknowledge that, like that's not the fun, sexy part, but like that's Mm. the part that's going to keep you doing the activity you want to do. So yeah, if your goal is I just want to run more or I want to run a 5k or, you know, marathon, whatever, breaking it down into what those, like, what are those smaller milestones is also really important. So for the 5k, again, you're not going to start day one training, running an entire 5k, but breaking it down into reasonable goals along the way is twofold. Number one, then you can ensure that you're not going to be overtraining and pushing things too far and then getting hurt. Um, but also for your progress. So to your point as well about the psychology of this, we know that when we do stuff that we like, you get that dopamine hit in your brain. You're like, oh, this is awesome, right? It's the reason why I pick up my phone and I always open TikTok because my brain <laughs> is fully addicted to it. So it's almost like you have to figure out what your own like dopamine triggers are for that activity. Um, for some people, you know, I I don't want to say like bribery, 
but there is some sort of, you know, bribery that can take place. Um, you know, let's say you're stuck because of weather training inside on a treadmill, not ideal, but like that it is what it is. And it, you're just dreading getting there. What if there was like a TV show that you wanted to watch that you saved just for your training time, um, or a podcast or a playlist, something that would make that activity more tolerable is also going to help. Um, also, by breaking down that bigger goal into smaller goals, making sure I'm getting those dopamine hits along the way, I'm also then able to look at my progress. Because if our goal is I want to run my 5K and maybe you even like picked a time you want to run it under and you're like, mm, but I'm like not quite getting there. But now you're able to look back and see all of the things that you have ticked off, right? All of the, oh, you know, I was able to increase my pace to this, or I went three days in a row without having that, you know, knee pain or like whatever it is, having those smaller, more actionable goals to lead you up to that bigger one gives you the dopamine hits. If you are, you know, you love checking it off your to-do list, um, but also lets you see your progress. And progress for me personally is the motivator to keep going. So whether that's with an injury or again with a goal, if I'm like, oh, wow, look at all of the, like where I was when I started versus where I am right now, even though I'm not all the way to where I want to be, I still see stuff is happening. So I'm going to stick with this habit. So really it's the same, whether it's a small goal or, or a really big goal or a big habit or anything in between. Um, and it's really just using your own brain's like, dopamine centers to make it work for you so you can stick with it. Yeah. And I think celebrating the small wins is is mm -hmm. pretty key as well. Like you say, those dopamine hits are really important. Um, I have very often encountered an injured runner who I say, what, what's your goal? What would make you happy? And they say, I just want to run pain-free. Like I've been running in pain for six months. If you get me to running pain-free, I'll be happy. And so then we get them to running pain-free and I'm like, oh, that it's amazing. That's great. And they're like, yeah, but I'm not, it's not like 5k. Like I used to, I'm only running 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that 5k. Mm -hmm. And then we get them to running 5k and they're like, yeah, but it's really slow. Like I used to run 5K in 25 minutes and now I'm doing it in 30. And then, you know, they're just, they're never satisfied. Some of these people, yeah. some of these people yeah. are never satisfied. But if we track their progress and say, let's have a little mini celebration here, let's have a little mini celebration here and have those reward systems along the way, maybe it can help trigger them into being a little bit more like celebratory instead of just focusing on the next thing and the next thing. Um pretty crucial for, I guess, forming habit and actually enjoying like the process. Yeah. And like you say, seeing that progress is very important for the journey. Um, but I was going to ask when it comes to these dopamine hits and, you know, creating that process, is there a point where those dopamine hits become less important because that habit itself is like, becomes like quite ingrained and it's a little bit more automatic rather than like a you know, there's no friction at all anymore. It's just like, this is just what I do. This is just what I love. Have you seen that or know much about that particular process? I feel like that kind of depends because I'm thinking about for myself as well. Like my workout habit is like, it's encoded in my DNA at this point. And if I miss a day, like I literally feel it in my body and I'm like craving to get out there and like pick up some weight and just like get my heart rate up. Um, that one's in. <laughs> But something like super simple, like taking my vitamins every day, 
I have a little like, you know, pill keeper. I have it on our kitchen table. Thankfully, my husband doesn't mind. Um, so I see it when I'm eating breakfast. I take my vitamins. Awesome. If I forget to take them in the morning because there's like a piece of paper over them or something like that, it is a struggle to remember it later in the day. Um, and if I, if they've been moved, like even to the other side, you know, near the fruit bowl, it's like literally out of sight, out of mind for me. Um, and I don't like, I've tried <laughs> to figure this one out and I just haven't figured it out. Um, so if there's something like that, again, like, I just think it depends and like, yes, the dopamine triggers help. Um, but also, pairing or stacking habits with things that you already have like super well ingrained into your, you know, daily routine can be really helpful. So again, breakfast, right? I know I'm always going to have breakfast. So like if it's built into like the steps, taking the vitamins, um, that makes it a little bit easier. And actually, so here in my office, I share it with my cat. Love my cat. His litter box is in here. Um, so you can imagine how gross it is if I don't scoop it every day. Right. So logically, I know that I need to do this and I want to do it. But for the life of me, for the longest time, I, I just, oh my gosh, I forgot. I forgot. It's like out of, out of sight, out of mind. So stacking a habit with something you already do um, is, again, looking in your day, what are things, like what is the process that I have that happens the same every day, no matter what? For me, it's feeding the pets and then I go make the bed um, and then I would take the dog out for her walk. And so all I did was take that, scoop the litter box and insert it into that block. So it's feed the pets, make the bed, empty the litter box, wash my hands, then take the dog out. And it did take a few stops and starts, but that was another way for something that wasn't like a visual trigger because... I mean, yes, it is when I walk in here, but then I'm like, oh, I got a meeting or I got to do something. Like I'm not thinking of it. Um, that was really, really super helpful. So <laughs> to not answer your question, I feel like it depends, um, but there are some other ways that you can get that habit to stick. So like I said, if like a visual trigger isn't helpful, then pairing it with something that you already do and you know, like something that's already a habit, let it ride on the coattails of that strong habit to help it get like rooted and established. There's probably something too that, like you say, the, the workout itself is ingrained in you. Um, I, I think the same for me. Like I don't even question going for a run mm -hmm. every second day, uh, like three to four times a week. I, You know, it, it's good weather. I wake up really early in the morning, put my shoes on, don't even question it. And I think there's something to be said for like the pain and pleasure side of things. Like you get pleasure in working out. You get that instant gratification working out. Mm -hmm. Same with a run and, you know, you move towards that. But for vitamins, it's like, well, you don't get that instant gratification. You know, you, <laughs> no. you should do it, um, but you're just taking something. It's like the, the, the experience is quite boring. Like there's no, mm -hmm. there's nothing there that's like, oh, I should do this. I need to do this. And, oh, I feel like doing this is sort of like a bit, um, you know, that, that type of task needs to be built into reminders and routine and something that's um, a bit more automated because, there isn't that instant gratification, but all those other Definitely. things that are instant gratification, you don't need to worry about too much because you'll be gravitating towards that with less friction and, you know, with, you know, a, a bit more passion towards it. So mm -hmm. probably something to be said for that. Um, when we were talking about habits, I wanted to talk to you about breaking habits that aren't serving you because that's something that I see quite often and, I have a, a skewed kind of bias population because I 
the ones that gravitate towards me are injured runners. They're the ones that, you know, um, gravitate towards the podcast, the ones that reach out to me on uh, like these 20, 20 minute injury chats that I do and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I can see a lot of unhelpful traits they have. They run through pain. They just are compelled to exercise every single day, um, hate rest days. When they run, they run too fast. They do too much. Um, as soon as they feel a little bit better, they're going back straight away to doing too much and, you know, mm-hmm. flares them up. And so it's a it's a compelling sort of drive that they know is not serving them. They look back over the last six months and it's, you know, that habit's just been making the injury worse and worse. And so I guess breaking habits when you do ha- have those things, you do get that instant gratification of exercise and you get that dopamine hit, but in the long run, it's not serving them. What can we do for this type of population? Yeah. Well, reversing habits is the same as creating them. What is the trigger that's making you think of that thing all the time? Um, Is it stacked with another habit that you can swap it out for something? Um, I feel like for the the injured runner who keeps going, like that's a much deeper conversation. I feel like that's more than just like the habit of like not giving up. Um, It's like just one, one day, but even for that, right. Maybe you swap, you know, you want to go on your run. Maybe it's a little bit of a shorter run and then you swap it with some of your recovery exercises or something that you know is going to serve in the long run. Um, It doesn't have to be exactly like you're saying. It doesn't have to be like too big, too fast or anything like that. Um, I, so again, I mentioned TikTok already. I'm addicted to my phone. Like if there is like a technology anonymous, I would like start that group so fast. Um, so I think when it comes to habits that we find don't serve us in the best way. So for me, it's like, oh, it's 10 o'clock at night, you know, I opened my phone and like, where did 45 minutes go? And now like my whole routine is delayed because I've been just scrolling mindlessly on my phone is setting up, um, Almost like, again, with a habit you're trying to create, you're trying to remove as much friction as possible. And with a habit you're trying to change is to add in as much friction as possible. Um, So again, on technology for me, that looks like um, on the iPhone, there's this thing called screen time and you can tell, it'll literally like close down apps. So I have to tap through like six or seven times to, you know, go on Safari or whatever. Um, And that adds enough friction that it slows me down that you're hoping that by the third click, my brain's like, oh, wait. And it's not just like an automatic thought. Um, So yeah, I would say like adding friction into what you're doing, uh, removing the trigger. If it's like, again, something visually in your environment, like move it somewhere else, put it away in a closet. Um, Sometimes I, you know, I acknowledge that's not always possible. So then maybe there is a habit that you can swap with that instead and then just as you were, you would if you were building any other habit with that swapped one, we do all the same things of have a trigger out to remind us, have a celebration built in um, and make it as frictionless as possible. Yeah, great tips. Um, I was just thinking then swapping things out could be cross-training for a runner who, depending on their injury, they could still do that cardio exercise without irritating their injury um, if they had the right cross training alternative. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a pretty good, um, pretty good tip. I'm pretty happy with that. And talking about the technology side of things, you're almost, it's funny because like those apps are designed for it to be frictionless and to get those dopamine hits one after mm-hmm. the other, after the other, after mm-hmm. the other. So you, you kind of have to, um, 
go against that or recognize, okay, that's what they want me to do. Mm-hmm. Let me put in these roadblocks and all these sorts of things. Cause that's why you're addicted to your phone in the first place yep. is because they're training you or they're designed to create that habit and get those, like I say, those dopamine hits. Um, I think it also requires a bit of a like deep kind of self-analysis or yeah. self-assessment of if you are going back to the injured runner, mm-hmm. like why do you feel compelled? Like you know it's not serving you. What What is the deep meaning behind you running? Why do you feel, why do you feel the need to run when you're injured and you know it's not going to serve you? Um, like dig really deep in that because then you can start coming up with strategies that still satisfy whatever that need is and satisfy or at least you know keep you moving to so you're happy with the process but it's it is starting to serve you and I don't think a lot of people do that I don't think a lot of mm-hmm. people analyze why they do certain things or like dive into their psyche and the, those primary drivers for their behavior um, because if they did do that maybe cross training is the answer or maybe you know doing something else that still gets the the same dopamine hit or yeah. a very similar dopamine hit that towards something that is serving them um, would be a good answer. But self-reflection, uh, I don't think uh, I'll be guilty of it. I don't do it a lot, but probably well, required. Even, yeah, just staring at the wall with your cup of coffee and thinking about things. Um, there's nothing like a good brainstorm. You know, just pull out a piece of paper, set a timer for 10 minutes and just like write it all out because I agree the reason for that desire to keep running through an injury, even though you know you're going to be right back where you are right now, it's not about the running, you know? So, and also like you mentioned, maybe there is, you know, it's that physiological shift. I just need to get my heart rate up and to um, be breathing kind of heavy to get that dopamine and endorphin rush. And like, maybe you can get it from something else. So cross training um, or, you know, getting on a bike or something else that yes, it's not there to replace running. It's there for just right now so that you can get back to running and not worrying about pain for good and not just be stuck in the same like injury loop. Yeah. And I guess like the reminder that, oh yeah, I've had this injury for six months. I don't want, I need to change something right now so that it doesn't happen for the next six months. And you know, people sort of live in the heat of the moment. They go from week to week, be like, oh, it's a little bit better. Oh, it's a little bit better. Oh, it's a little bit worse. And like, they just do that. Um, but if they really say to themselves, do I want this for the next six, maybe 12 months, maybe I should change something quite drastic now so that I can run pain-free in two or three months. Uh, Maybe it's that kind of commitment. Funny talking about like reminders and triggers and that sort of stuff. Some people have the trigger to drink water and I've just like, I took a drink of my water bowl and you can see podcasters can't see it, but I've got the time of the day, like on the side of it. So that Uh like, you know, I have to, refill it twice a day, but I start at 7am and then I have to drink it down to 12pm and then I refill it and go from 12pm to like, you know, 6pm. 6, um, 6 and so that's a reminder. It's me to mm-hmm. glance at my bottle and be like, oh, I haven't drank for, you know, two hours. Maybe I need to catch up. And so <laughs> it's funny that I just glance at that on this topic, but yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk to you about is um, troubleshooting for like those, those stubborn habits, like part of me thinks like one of the biggest habits that people sort of fall back into is like, I want to, ha- I want to eat healthier or I want to lose weight or like those sort of, or I just want to, you know, have a better fitness routine. 
And they do that. This is probably a good topic around New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I was just going to say, January 1 is coming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, people fall into their old habits and they're they're like, okay, I know, let me eat better. And then it falls back into old habits. And they they sort of like, you know, to and fro of Mm -hmm. their intentions and then old habits, intentions, old habits. If that that continues and that behavior continues, is there things that we can do to troubleshoot ourselves to – increase our likelihood for success a bit more sustainable yeah definitely I think first of all is like you're gonna fail a couple of times like let's just be honest like you're not gonna figure it out the first time and have it perfect as much as like we would love to be perfect um so trying to take out also a little bit of the like self-judgment and shame that comes when it doesn't go exactly as we planned um uh you made a choice Maybe that wasn't the right choice for what you needed to do or the best choice, not even right or wrong, but the best choice for that moment. So next time, make a different choice. And I think even just like taking that judgment out really, really helps while we are in that troubleshooting or even in that like establishing phase of the habit, because then you're not, you know, piling on judgment that's going to say, well, you know what? Forget it. Like this obviously isn't working. I can't do it. Like I'm out. So that's a huge piece of it. Also, I think we get very all or nothing, right? What does even like, I want to improve my fitness. Okay. What does that actually mean? What does that look like for you? Maybe it just means I want to get, you know, um, a vegetable on my plate at every meal. And then you just do that, right? That's so much easier to set the bar super, super low so that you can achieve every single time and say, oh, I did it. You get that dopamine hit and then you can add more things in and overcomplicate it. You know, even with um, my workout routine, I didn't start doing it three days a week. It started out with one and then I made that super, super easy and then it became two. It was a progressive thing over a long period of time instead of I'm going to increase my fitness, which means I'm going into the gym seven days a week and guess what? Come February 1st, no, you're not, right? Like that's a tale as old as time, especially at the start of the year. So trying to peel away some of the judgment from things, but also keeping it really, really super simple and knowing that you're playing the long game with this. So how could it stay simple, stay easy so that you can have your bar set low enough so that you can win again and again and again? Because if you're winning, then your brain's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm so super awesome. Let's keep doing this. And then I can start overcomplicating things. Um, you know, I think there's like this challenge going around on the internet, like 75 hard. Have you heard of this? I haven't. No. It's like, you know, apparently- Maybe it's third- on TikTok. It totally is on TikTok. The 30-day challenges are no longer enough. Two-week challenges, no longer enough. But like to make your life uh, like as personally, I'm like, I'm going to be super judgmental about it, as hard as possible for 75 days. It's, you know, drinking water, making sure you move your body every day, making sure you get outside every day, all of those things, which by themselves are all fantastic things. But when we say, well, I got to do it every day for 75 days. And if I fail, I need to restart from zero to me, like that's everything that's wrong with creating habits. Like literally do the opposite of that. Pick one thing, make it super easy, set your bar low enough so that you can succeed. And then you can always overcomplicate it later. But if you start, and it's like the same with the race, if you sprint right off the starting line, you're going to be toast by the end. So think of and pace yourself for the long game. 
Hmm. It's like video games, like level one, super easy and you get, mm. oh, cool, this is easy. And then level two gets a bit harder and then you sort of upgrade as you, and you get, you know, better equipment as you get to harder and harder and harder things and you sort of gain the skills. It's sort of like becoming more resilient as the yeah. challenge sort of gets harder. But yeah, absolutely. The, um, it's almost reassuring in a way for you to talk about, you know, you will have setbacks if it's a, if it's a habit, eat healthier, you know, it's likely that you will have that setback and mm-hmm. maybe when you do have that setback it requires okay why did I set back maybe that what I set was too hard maybe it was too complex maybe there was too much resistance maybe I got distracted or you know maybe have a look at why that setback happened rather than just saying up oh, too hard let's just go back to what's easy let's go back to what I'm used to mm-hmm. um, and sort of along that journey you can sort of build that self-efficacy and um a bit more confidence that you can tackle these things once you say, okay, trying to eat healthy was way too ambiguous, way too like, you know, ill-defined. Mm-hmm. I started off way too aggressive. I went super clean for two <laughs> weeks and, you know, I hated that was my way life. too much. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I learned now that I've had my setback, maybe I learned just to put one extra vegetable on my plate and mm-hmm. build that up. And I, I talk about this with, um, when runners are injured and they have a flare up all of a sudden they're like it's not working what we're doing like let's scrap it let's do something else and let's you know all this sort of stuff and I say look I try and give them reassurance flare-ups are a part of the journey part of the rehab Mm -hmm. journey and you know yes we don't like flare-ups yes they're not pleasant but we can learn from it you did you went from you know 20 kilogram squats to 25 kilogram squats and it exacerbate your symptoms we've now learned your ceiling let's wait to things to calm down learn from that go back to the the plan and slowly build back up it's um it's a very on a very similar um trajectory of self-reflect reassure Mm -hmm. yourself go back to the plan and then build up and hopefully build more resilience because of that so yeah yeah, a lot of tangibles there anything to say on that you have to say just because it didn't work doesn't mean you did something wrong, Mm. right? It's just, again, I made a choice and maybe it wasn't the best choice for where I want to go and like what my goals are. Um, But it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you're, you know, dumb or anything like, especially, oh my gosh, with pain and like the stuff my clients come at with like what that, you know, recurrence means. Like, no, it doesn't mean anything. Like, let's try to take the emotion out of it. But like, we're humans and we have feelings and we put so much pressure on ourselves. So it's just like, if one thing in life could be easy, like, let it be this new habit that you're trying to create mm. and take some of that judgment out of it. Yeah. Well said. Um, as a final question, any takeaways, any final tips, any like, you know, maybe reiterating what's already been said um, on this topic of habits? Well, I'm just excited for all of the new habits that we're yeah. all going to have. Um, Gen 1. I know, don't do it. Wait till like January 12th, you know? So like means <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely just like keep it super simple. And like, again, you're not going to go out and try to change 900 things at a time. Uh, one thing at a time. And see if you can stick with it. You know, sometimes even 30 days feels too long. Like what if I can just do it for this week? And if even that feels too long, what if I can just do it tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and just building up your progress that way? Um, But self-reflection is a thousand percent going to be a part of this process and just asking yourself, like, 
why don't I want to do this? Like that can give you a lot of information. Um, you know, what would this look like if it were easy? And just thinking about those things, if you're not a, you know, brainstorm, brain dump on a piece of paper type of person, um, you know, on your next run, can you do it without music? If you're a person who's always got like some input and just think about that habit and like, what, what would it look like if it were easy and how can I make this as frictionless as possible so that you can keep keep chipping away and keep moving towards the goals that you have set for yourself. Yeah. And it's about being resourceful and it's kind of creative with these sort of things. Like you say, mm-hmm. those reminders and um, adding friction or taking away friction if you want to keep a habit or, um, you know, do a different habit. All of this stuff, you know, can be quite creative. You can do those sorts of things, which is really nice. Um, and I think that's one of the, the major takeaways, you know, remove the friction if you want to do that habit. Add in friction if you want to break a habit. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really clear, precise advice. And I can tell you're super passionate about it. You're accidentally hitting the microphone because you're talking about it. And you're so <laughs> super, super passionate. Um, and so you've got the Body Nerd Show. Um, you've got the the podcast that everyone's mm-hmm. going to go check out now. Uh, what other social media um, platforms and those sorts of things can people be directed towards if they want to find out more? Yeah, well, I'm very active on Instagram. I'm at Hala for Mala. Um, and then also I'm clearly on TikTok and I'm mm-hmm. at AE Wellness over there. Um, and I'm, to much of my dismay, very active on those social media platforms all hours of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I'll add those into the show notes as well as the Body Nerd Show podcast. and. Thanks. Thanks once again for coming on. Like I say, this has been this has been very helpful. You're super passionate about it, and yeah, I think this will take. Hopefully, a lot of people can listen to this and just inadvertently just self reflect to be like, actually, you know what? Maybe I need to try a few different things. And so, hopefully, it creates that curiosity and that spark in people. So, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, and I I can't wait to hear about all of the new habits that we're all creating. <laughs> Not January one because that's just a day, but maybe some other day in the new year. Um, so definitely keep me posted how it goes with all of our new habits. Will do. Thanks again, Alex. And that concludes another Run Smarter lesson. I hope you walk away from this episode feeling empowered and proud to be a Run Smarter scholar. Because when I think of runners like you who are listening, I think of runners who recognize the power of knowledge, who don't just learn but implement these lessons, who are done with repeating the same injury cycle over and over again, who want to take an educated, active role in their rehab, who are looking for evidence-based long-term solutions and will not accept problematic quick fixes. And last but not least, who serve a cause bigger than themselves and pass on the right information to other runners who need it. I look forward to bringing you another episode and helping you on your Run Smarter path.